I get to introduce today's speaker. Um, I, uh, my journey started a long time ago here with Rodney. Um, and you can turn the lights on. Um, I was interning for Rodney, and one day he said, hey, what are you doing this summer? And I said, I don't know. He said, great, you're going to go up to Ichthus and uh, help Bill out uh, up at this youth camp. It's like, okay. And it's, it's not right down the road. It's in North Carolina. So it wasn't like he was asking me to go, like, Monday through Friday, eight days a week, he was saying, hey, you're going to pack up your stuff and you're going to go live in North Carolina for the summer uh, to help out Bill. Uh, and that summer turned into 14 months, uh, 14 interesting months living on the side of a mountain uh, with this guy and his wife. Thankfully, your wife and kids made it a little bit, a little bit more endurable. But, um, but some of my most impactful seasons in my life as a Christian came from this man and his wife. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that deserves, yeah, appreciate that grace. Um, there were many times sitting on your couch thinking like, I think the Lord's saying this, and they would just kind of smile and grin and be like, well, let's talk about it. I'm like, I know what that means now. I, I'm mature enough, I know what that means. So, um, but he gave me a lot of grace. Uh, I love him. He's still a mentor in my life to today. Uh, and so I hope you get half as much as I got in those wonderful 14 months and, you know, if the Lord is leading you to move to North Carolina, I think he has applications in his pocket ready, ready to go. Um, so let's welcome, let's stand and welcome Pastor Reverend Bill Dingle. Amen. Thank you. How come y'all quit clapping? I mean, it's not... No, thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Oh, it's a good day. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I just want to say, say thank you to you. Um, just what's flowed out of this house has been such a blessing to me. Am, am I on? I, I got a wireless here too. So do I need to stay away from that? Or I'm good? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, um, just... I guess uh, September will be 32 years for me at Ixus at God, God's call on my, my life there. And, uh, but Auburn Heights was coming there even before that. Yeah. And so just a relationship that has been built. And it's, it's just life is relationships. And if, you're, if your relationships are good, your life is good. I'm going to mess with this just a little bit. Is this better? Let's try something. How about now? That's okay? All right. While I'm fiddling and getting, getting sound effects and everything like that. Do you feel like you're in the ocean? Or you have heartburn or anything like that? All right. Yeah, so, so just, just the life that has flowed out of this house into my life. It's a two-way street. And that's what relationships are. If, if we're just, if we're just uh, um, on the giving end, you know, that's, that's wonderful for a season. And another season, and another season, and another season. And, but uh, those, those relationships that are vibrant and are life-giving, it's a two-way street. And, and it's just good. And that's, that's how this house is. My wife came out of this house, you know, and uh, it's a good house to me. I just, ooh, thank you, Jesus. 
yeah, just a little while ago, we passed each other on the highway. She, she came down here, her, her uncle, Ed's father, uh, brother-in-law, uh, died on Wednesday. The funeral was yesterday. So Edith came down Friday morning, got up Friday morning, and I held down the farm, the kids and I, and, and then I got up about 3 o'clock this morning, and um, so a little while ago, we passed. <laughs> she didn't wave. I actually didn't see it. I just know we had talked on the phone and we knew we were kind of close. But anyway, it's just uh, I just appreciate y'all so much. Um, and uh, y'all have supported us financially, but you've supported us with staff, friendships, um, mates. You've supported us with dollars. And, and it's just, uh, I, I had called Rod and just said, could I come say thank you? And he, he said, uh, yeah, but you got to preach too. So that's just funny to me. Um, but anyway, I just, I just want to say thank you so very, very much, all of you that you've come, and um, I've got to see so many of, of the young'uns grow up, and um, like I said, 32 years in September, that's a, that's a lot, of, lot of war under the bridge. The baptism this morning was so precious, because um, um, just, just a few weeks ago, we had a, a, a local church there, and um, 10 young men responded to the gospel, and um, it's January, we had a snowstorm, and they didn't want to get baptized at the moment. I'm like, you wimps. But uh, we, we had, back in, back in uh, October, we had a, a group of college students there, and, and at the end of their retreat, one of the students said, could you baptize me in October? And we do it in the creek. We don't have a, we don't have a heated trough, you know. We're, um, but uh, we're like, absolutely. And so uh, we get down there, and they had seven babies. So we baptized eight people in the creek, and it was just amazing. Because uh, when God's moving, we get to move with Him, right? Yeah, yeah. So yesterday morning, uh, many of you know we live on a farm. We have we have a couple of cows and some chickens and goats and stuff like that. So yesterday, um, last Sunday, it was 11 degrees when I went out to the barn and and uh, and I get to the barn and the two cows are in there smoking pot and playing cards. Right. <laughs> And I'm trying to hear from the Lord in every situation. I'm like, God, what, what's, what is this? He says, i got two words for you. High stakes. And so I knew where Pastor Rodney got the name for his bull. And, uh, it just... And by the way, I can read too. I can see the sign over the door that says excite. So I'm good too. Okay, so. It's going to get worse. I just, if you need to leave, you may, you're dismissed. Yeah, it's like, I was going to tell you a vegetable joke, but it was too corny. All right. It's over. All right, that's it. That's enough. Lord Jesus, help. Just come, do something. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for joy and laughter. Thank you that you are the God who heals us. You're the God who reveals to us. Uh, you're our, our Savior. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So thank you. We do love you. We praise you. And I'm so thankful, Lord, for this house and what you're doing in this house. And Lord, let your spirit rain down even more and more and more today. And so, Father, I'm just asking you this morning, would the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord God, my rock and my redeemer. So thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 So, I know it's February. December was the time we went through the Christmas story and we visit that. And it's such a great time of the year. That's, the, that's a, just a, a great time, a fun time. However, 
It's like, it's the only time we look at the Christmas story, oftentimes. Maybe it's not, but for you. But it's, it's kind of like we have this season, Christmas, yeah, we focus on Bethlehem and all that, and then we move on. Well, I had an encounter with the Lord um, last, uh, at the end of December. I, I was invited to come speak uh, down in South Carolina. It's where I'm from, down in Charleston area, and it's where my ministry started down there. It's a, 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 back in the early 80s, I was asked to come give my testimony to a group of uh, FCA kids, Fellowship of Christian Athletes kids. It was the Shelbournes was a couple, had this beautiful antebellum southern home down there, and every Sunday they would open up this home with all these antiques and everything to about 50 teenagers. And they would just go through their house, and they had a pool out back, and they just, it was the, it was the place to come. It was, it was a gathering place. It was a dwelling. And it was a safe place to come. And, um, and so they asked if I would come share my testimony there in the early 80s. And, and uh, one of the coaches asked me, and I, I was like, heck yeah, man, I'd love to do that. And I lied because I'd never done that before. And I'm thinking this guy will never ask me. And like a week later, he calls me. He says, hey, how about next week? I'm like, awesome. Oh, help me, Jesus. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I go to this home, and, um, and in this kitchen, there's 50 kids packed in it. It's a large kitchen, I'm telling you. It's just a, a cool place. But I'm standing in this kitchen with all these teenagers around, and I'm sharing just about having an encounter with Jesus, where I met him reading his word. And his word is true, and it's all true. And, and I had an encounter with Jesus by reading his word. And um, I had been to an FCA camp. I had witnessed guys that loved Jesus. And uh, my, my motivation for going to camp was not anything to do with Jesus. It was I wanted to play professional football. And they had all these workshops. It was 1974, and uh, uh, so many of the... Of the um, Guys that were doing workshops in there, it was, it was a lot of Miami Dolphins there. It was 1974. They were the Super Bowl champions that year. And a lot of those guys were believers. And it was the first time outside of my family I'd seen people sold out in love for Jesus and loving other people. It was just amazing. And so I go to this camp, and, and, um, and um, I see these guys that don't have to be there. It was a guy, Norm Evans. He was a tackle for Miami. And he was the epitome of success to me. He was this big guy. He made us living, tearing people's heads off. That was cool to me. And he, he had access to, to what I thought was important, like uh, women, money, fame, th- those kinds of things. But they meant nothing to him because Jesus was his Lord. Yeah. Normal put his hand in his pocket, and he had this big old honking diamond ring that said world champions, Super Bowl champion. You know, and it would bulge out. And I just thought, that's so cool. And one night... Norm shared with us how much he, Norm, loved us. And it wasn't even a drop in the ocean compared to how much Jesus loved us. It's as true today as it was then. And it wasn't anything I hadn't heard before, but it was just something about this guy's witness. He was, he was walking the talk. It wasn't just a sermon. And um, I didn't make a decision that week, but I just sat back and I watched and I just saw consistency, and I saw passion, and I saw hunger, and I eventually went, into, went after that thing. Uh, they gave me a, a, a New Testament Bible. It was, called, it was called Good News for Modern Man, today's English version. My friends used to call it Good News for Dick and Jane because it's very simply written. It's not the greatest study Bible, but it's just the message is clear. 
And years earlier in my, in my church, I was, I was raised Frigidarian because um, we were kind of cold. But um, in that church, God has his plants everywhere. He has his remnant everywhere. And in that church, there was a little old lady that instilled in me that God's word was true and it was all true. Yeah. And I brought that New Testament Bible home and I began to read through it. And I read through Matthew and I saw where they killed Jesus. Well, I knew that. And then Luke, they killed him. Mark, they killed him, and they killed him in Luke. It's like, you know, it's, when I got to John, it's like, don't go there, don't go there, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm, I'm going through the Gospels, and I have an encounter. I just see Jesus for who he is, not was, but is. Yeah. And, um, and I was so convicted this one particular night. Nobody's in the room. They're not playing just as I am. You know, it's just me and Jesus and his word. And the word came, and he invited me to join him. And I knelt down by my bread, bed. The only thing, I didn't have bread, I had bed. I just knelt down there, and the only thing I needed to do, this is my sinner's prayer. Lord Jesus, will you make me like those guys? Wow. That's all I need to pray. And he heard my prayer. Yeah. It's good enough. Yeah. And when we come to Jesus, and we, we just say, this is what I have. This is all I know. And he starts at that point. Yes, he didn't right. say, Bill, when you quit cussing the wallpaper off the wall, telling rude, crude, dirty jokes, when you quit doing this, that, and the other, you know, then I'll give you an exam. And if you pass, I'll consider. He just says, come follow me, and I'll make you into a fisher of men. Little did I know his plan was to take me to Ichthus Ministries. Ichthus is Greek for fish. Yeah. So he sent me to a fish camp, and I've been there for going on 32 years. Fishing for men, women, boys, and girls for the gospel of Jesus. So that's what I've been doing. So I'm invited to go down there and share with these, these former kids. Now they're in their 50s. So I get to share with them at halftime. You know, they're halfway through. And, and I, I really wanted to go when the invitation came, came but I saw no way because Edith and the children were going to be here. And somebody's got to stay in, in, uh, and run the farm, take care of the animals and stuff. And, and I just didn't see any way to do it. But I didn't give an answer. And the Lord just kept saying, this is an assignment. This is an appointment. And, and, and serving, serving the Lord and, and meeting His appointments are, are not about convenience. They're not about, they're not about you know, is, it, is the timing right for me? It's, it's just about, uh, I'm calling you, come follow me. And so, um, I just, I wrote the, the, the couple back is going to be in that same home, going to be in that same kitchen. A lot of the same kids invited back with their children now. Will you come share your testimony was the invitation. And so um, I wrote back and said, I'm praying, I, I, I want to come, I really do, but I've got to find somebody that can feed the animals. And I got, the more I thought about it, it's like, if I can just get 24 hours, because I can turn and burn, I can get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, I can go down there and... Uh, Share a word, I can get up at 3 o'clock next morning, I can be back by feeding time. It'll, it'll, it'll work. And so as I began to pray, it's like the Lord just had us, that, that's the plan. That's the plan. And so I told Edith, and, and, um, and we prayed, and, and I just, I, the Lord just dropped a neighbor's name, and I called him. I'd love to. I'd be glad to. So it was done. And so I was excited, and I was, I was out feeding up the morning after that, and the Lord just dropped this little word in my heart. And he said, that place is your Bethlehem. I did the same thing. 
And it's like, everybody should have a Bethlehem. I mean, obviously, the Lord gave us one. But but do you have a Bethlehem where, where he birthed something in you that it was for you, but it wasn't just for you? Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I just, I just, saw, I just saw what God had done in that moment with all my insecurities, all my lack. You fill in the blank. And he says, just come follow me and I'll make you and I'll use you. I'm always encouraged every time I, I get to come. This is one of the few places I get to come, you know, more than once. I get invited. It's a new tongue. Are you impressed yet? When you're OCD, your mind just goes so fast in so many directions, and, and it's like, I really like those shoes. But anyway, um, it just goes all over the place, and you've got to try to bring it in. So help me, Jesus. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just... I'm just in this place where I want to hear the Lord. I want to follow Him. And let's just go, Jesus. And I just want to trust you regardless of what's missing, what I feel like missing. And I take great solitude, solitude in, in, the, in uh, Numbers 20 where uh, in the King James it says, God spoke to Balaam through the mouth of an ass. So it's like, okay, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, that's encouraging to me. So... Um, Donkey, young ones, sorry, it's a donkey, yeah, okay. Um, anyway, so that's my Bethlehem. And I'm, not only did, did it start right there with me sharing my testimony, uh, just a, uh, they just said, next week, how about come hang out with us? Because right after the kids got up, they just gathered around, and they were just there. And I found out how to report with them really quick. And so they, the next week I went back, they said, just come join us each week. And so... I, I did that for about a month, maybe a month and a half, and the, the, the coaches that had been leading it were just French fried, burnt, crispy critters. They were fried. And they were ready just to, for a little break. And so they came to me and another young coach that had, been, had just started coming and said, hey, could you guys run with this for a little bit? And we're like, we don't know what we're doing, but okay. We got a place. Kids want to come. Let's just come bring Jesus. And so that's what we did. And... Um, Immediately, we started reaping where these guys had sowed. They had plowed, they had broken up hard ground, and we kids just started getting saved and fired up and loving God's Word and wanting to serve Him, and we got to, we got to be a part of that. But others had gone before us. Just I look around this place. I remember, I remember the first time I drove up in this parking lot. This was pine tree. It was just like a, a borrow pit with some scrub pines coming up out here. I remember, and look at, look at what's come out of the ground. Yeah. It didn't just happen. There was blood, sweat, and tears, and labor, and, and people have pushed in and invested, and uh, there, some that have gone before are not here now. It's the way the kingdom works. And so, um, so anyway, that's, that, that just, just happened, and, and I, got to, I got to walk in that for a while. And then, then um, I'm a forest ranger down there, and then God speaks to me very clearly about quitting my job and then going to Igthus. And so... Um, it was out of that same kitchen, out of that same house that uh, some friends laid hands on me, prayed for me, and sent me out, and they were part of my original board of directors because I didn't know anybody in the mountains. And, and God just orchestrated all that. And so it was my Bethlehem. And I want to 
I want to, um, very quickly, wow, we are buzzing through time fast. I just want to kind of go through the, the, the Christmas story, the Bethlehem story with you this morning. And um, I'm just going to start and just see where we have to punt. Uh, so I'm going to start in, in Matthew uh, chap, chapter 1, verse 18. And it says, this is going to be familiar, even though it's not December. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because, Jesus, because Joseph, not Jesus, Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to the public disgrace, he, he had a mind to divorce her quietly. It says a little bit about his character because he's seeing something on the outside of the natural that seems it's this way. But things that appear on the natural on the outside a lot of times appear one way or not that way. And so we really got to be putting it before the Lord about what it is. Okay, that's a very important part of the Bethlehem story. Verse 20, but after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So, a question I have to ask myself is, is the thing that is conceived, being conceived in me, is it from the Holy Spirit? You know, because sometimes I have ideas, I have plans, I have even dreams, but they're really not from the Holy Spirit, and I need to test that before the Lord. I need to bring it before the Lord and say, is this really you? When God started speaking to me about leaving my dream job as a forest ranger, living in the woods far away from everybody, and going to a place where I'm going to have 45 people camping out on my doorstep every week, I'm going, that's not Jesus. <laughs> when the Lord spoke to me about this, uh, this uh, young lady that was just very talented, had a beautiful smile, drop-dead gorgeous about this as being my wife, she's studying to be a concert pianist to come be my wife and live in the mountains where uh, it's not a lot of opportunity for a concert pianist in trained in classical music, uh, that just didn't sound like the Lord, you know? That didn't sound like something he would conceive in me. But it was. It was. And the more, when I begin to take it before the Lord and just say, is this you? Is this you? It was conceived in him. I didn't have an angel appear to me. But there was a night as I was weeping before the Lord just really wanting to do what God wanted me to do, but not wanting to go to the mountains of North Carolina. I, I, I was in a comfort zone where my family was, everything was familiar to me, and I had a good job, good salary, company house, company truck, company gas. I was a company man. I'm living in the woods. It's Redneck Central. It's awesome. Okay? And there was that particular night where the Lord just came and He spoke as, clear, as, as clearly as it was an audible voice. And He just asked me, the question, do you trust me? And I just want to tell you, you can trust Jesus. One of, the, one of the reasons he wanted to call me away from everything that's familiar to me, to the mountains, was to teach me about trusting him. And uh, the major area was in my finances. 
I lived 12 years without ever met, uh, balancing my checkbook. There was no need. I had a good salary. I had a percentage that automatically went into savings. So that's being banked over there. And the rest was just uh, a deposit into the bank. And I knew there was money there. That's all I needed to know. And if I wanted it, I bought it. If I wanted to give it away, I could give it away. It just, it just wasn't a concern. Until the Lord called me to a place where that stream wasn't flowing anymore. And then I had to learn how to do, deal with finances. And the Lord wanted to show me that He was trustworthy in finances. But it's more about just money. It's about how we finance, how we budget our time. It's about how we budget our relationships. It's about how we budget um, the, the things that He's given us to steward, whether it's land or whether it's uh, possessions. Uh, it might be an automobile. I, I, my, our kids are being raised that their room is their kingdom. And I don't tell them, go clean your room. I just say, how are you doing ruling over your kingdom? Looks like you need to take a little authority over in this area over here. <laughs> what? The enemy come in and set off a dirty bomb? Don't blame your brother. Don't blame your sister. Yeah. It's you. It's yours. Just take care of it. Okay? And so even as I say that to them, the Lord will have me step back. Have you looked at your truck? <laughs> it's a two-way street. Yeah. It's a two-way street. And, and, and so we're all invited to join into this. We're all in, invited to participate. And that's the biggest thing. One of the, one of the big issues in our family is we want our, want our children to participate with us. And so we, uh, we read God's Word together. We pray together. Oh, it's so precious to, to listen to them go after um, people. And, and uh, they're just, they don't forget. It's just, it's just encouraging. So this thing was conceived in Mary. Wow. The clock is ticking. So it's conceived in Mary. It's from the Holy Spirit. And uh, in verse 21 it says, She'll give birth to a son, and you'll give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from his sins. Right? It was Jesus. It was wonderful counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, everlasting Father. Yeah, that's the one. So all this took place to fulfill what God had said through the, uh, through the prophet. The virgin will be with child. They can give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. Okay. Yeah. So Mary and Joseph say yes to Bethlehem. They say yes. And with their yes, um, it was a package deal. And so with the yes, there's God's word always there's conflict, right? And so there's this there's this uh, appearance from the outside. Oh, yeah, she's pregnant. Who the baby daddy? Right? Yeah. You're not the baby daddy. What are you doing with her? And all all this this talk starts flying around. But they trusted God, and they're, they're saying yes was going to subject them to misunderstanding, to ridicule, to gossip. It was just going to subject them to all this stuff that wasn't of God, but they were willing to go there because he said, 
There's a place in Bethlehem. We've got to get to Bethlehem. Okay? And when we say yes to God, just there's going to be conflict because when God gives the word, the enemy is going to try to come steal it away. He's going to send little birds to try to get that seed. And so the birds come in and pick it up. If, we, if we're not protective of that, if we're not covering that seed, the birds are going to have an easy pick. And then if if we're going to keep the birds away, if if he can't get that, he's going to come plant something beside it that will sprout up and shade it out so it doesn't bear fruit. Because that's just how he is. He's a liar and a thief, and he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, he came to give life and life more abundantly. Yeah, so we we just, we can trust him. And, And we need to protect the seed. We need to protect God's Word and just expect that conflict is going to come and keep our eyes on Jesus and not let the enemy steal it, not let him plant anything beside it that steals it away, but just go after it. Just go after it. There are other, there are other um, participants in the, in the Bethlehem story that you're all familiar with. So, uh, they get there and they're the shepherds. So these guys are just doing their job. They're out in the field. And uh, just doing what the shepherds do and, and then they have an encounter with an angel. God's messenger comes. Tells them that this day in the city of David is born a Savior. And you'll find him in a manger. Gives them specific word. So they've got the word are they going to let the birds come in and take that word? There's conflict because they have a job. They've got sheep to watch, right? Their response is, dude, let's go. Be gone. So you know the story. They go, they see, there he is. And then when they come out, they're telling everybody what they experience. Part of the Bethlehem story is telling what we've experienced in our encounter with the Savior. The one that was in the manger. There are... Um, so, we kind of we blow over. They, they've told other people. What, what, what was their response? Did anybody... We don't know scripturally if anybody went to see the Savior. You know, they heard about it. And it says people were excited about it. They were talking about it. But did anybody go see? And when you hear about God, what God's doing, moving, see it in the Word, do you go see? Do you test it out? Do you try it out? Uh, sometimes sometimes I, I have, sometimes I haven't. And I'm just trying to walk in more and more boldness. And I just take God at His Word. I had a friend that told me sometime back that, that he, he just had somebody come up to him after he'd been sharing, and he said, uh, I have a word for you. And he just kind of always gets ready. And he said, uh, yeah, God just wanted me to tell you that... Uh, that, uh, that no matter what it is, if you think it's the Lord, you'll do it. And he said, that just really encouraged me because I, it told me, one, I, I don't always hear the Lord, but two, God's pleased with, just if I think it's Him and I try it, He's still pleased with that. And it's just like when my children maybe don't do the best job or they do something and it comes out all wrong and stuff like that, but they had the heart to please Daddy. Oh my goodness, I'm going to be all over that. I don't care what the results are. 
So there are those players. They're the wise guys, right? The firemen, they came from afar. So they, they, um, they did something very unmanly. They stopped at Herod's crib and asked for directions. I mean, really? I mean, you've got a star. You know he's there. But they stopped there, and uh, they have this encounter with Herod. And, and here, here are two opposite sides. I mean, just far ends of the spectrum as far as response to Bethlehem. So they're searching for the king of Israel. And Herod wants to know where he is too, but he wants to kill him. That whole conflict thing of stealing the seed. And the enemy had his, his one in place too. And I, I don't like to focus a lot on the enemy, but I want to be aware. I got up this morning, I'm driving here, and there are other cars coming at me, they're in the other lane, and I want to be aware of where they are, and if they cross over the line, I want to be aware of that, especially in beautiful downtown Alarca where I live, where the road's about this narrow and the car's about this wide. So I just need to be aware going around those curves and stuff, but I don't have to be focused on that other lane, I just need to be focused on where I'm going and be aware that if I need to adjust, I need to adjust. Okay? So there's that. Um, and so... I want to point out too that the, the wise guys, they're close to Bethlehem when they have this encounter. We're, they're almost there. And sometimes when we're pursuing Jesus, when we're going to our Bethlehem, we're, when we're seeing what Jesus, we're almost there and the enemy has something there to stop, to, to thwart, to come in and to steal, kill, and destroy. And we just need to be aware, but to go after it and not to be tripped up by it. So because they're in tune with the, with the Spirit, they go and they find King Jesus. They worship Him. They give their gifts. And then they hear from the angel in a dream and they go out a different way. But then Herod's response is he's still going to get him. And his response impacts all those families in that area for the rest of their lives as he comes in and kills all the little baby boys up to two years old in that entire region. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We've got to land this plane. Help us, Jesus. So I just, I just came here this morning to, to, um, to thank you, but to encourage you too that there's a Bethlehem. And God's, if you haven't experienced it yet, uh, God has us all on a journey. And you need to, to, uh, to get to that Bethlehem. If you've already experienced it, it's good to go back and visit. It's really good to go back and visit. And, and I've kind of committed that I'm going to be visiting uh, Bethlehem throughout this year. I just think he has some more there that I'm still chewing on. I'm still processing. When I went down to South Carolina, um, I got there. It, it, it was divine appointment after divine appointment after divine appointment. I, I, I roll into town about 8 o'clock that morning. I'd already arranged to meet with some boyhood friends to have breakfast with them. Just had a great time just sharing about the Lord back and forth. And then I went there. I got to sit down with four of my five siblings and just visit with them briefly. And I really felt impressed to go to my old home place. Still out in the country, out in the woods, it's sold. I don't belong to the company that I used to work for. That's been merged. It's all broken up now. It's all different. And um, and I, I had an encounter with a uh, with a uh, um, a guy that's living there. I, I just pull up. 
there's this guy standing out in the yard and I get out of my truck and I, I introduce myself. I say, hey, I lived here for 12 years. This is where I learned to hear Jesus. Um, I lived in this, this house out in the woods. It was, it was three miles down a dirt road. That um, I lived on a 4,000 acre tract of land that my company owned. Across the dirt road was another 2,000 acres that another family owned. And so if you continued down the dirt road, that way a, a mile and a half was my closest neighbor. Four and a half miles the other way was my other neighbor. So it's pretty quiet. And uh, it was where I really learned to hear the voice of the, my shepherd in the 12 years that I lived there. And I get out, I introduce myself, I tell him this is where I learned to hear the voice of God. I, I've come here to share with some, some people that were, used to be young back in the 80s. This is where my ministry started. And I was just wondering if it's okay if I went down to the pond and just walked and prayed a little bit. Would that be okay? So I start talking with, um, with this guy, um, Brother Wayne. And um, yeah, this Brother Wayne's everywhere. And, um, I mean, this guy, uh, they had a lot in common. About the same height. Kind of the same build. Um, I have a picture of him. Do, do you guys? Oh, there, there's Brother Wayne right there. Yeah. That's my, that's my house in the back. He's got my t-shirt on his shoulder. Uh, and I was wearing, I was wearing a t-shirt with, Ichthus, with a picture of Ichthus on it. And it says, trusting Jesus underneath it. And we had talked a while. He'd shared about an encounter that he'd had with Jesus. Uh, how God had said to him, he was a fisherman. He's a, he's a fisherman, commercial fisherman. And he had, uh, was in the river and he fell out of his boat. And, um, and he said he went down three times. The third time he just blacked out. He doesn't remember anything. He thinks he drowned. He said, when I came to, I was being held up. And the boat, the last time I saw it, it was going away from me. When, when I was being held up, it was circling. And it kept getting closer and closer and closer. And he said, I believe the Lord was holding me up. I believe he saved me. I believe he spared my life. And I had this encounter with Wayne. And, and we, just, we were just, the more we talked, the more we just began to love each other because we had the same spirit of Jesus living in us. And, uh, and he, he mentioned, he said, I really like that shirt. Do you still sell those shirts? I said, man, this is an old shirt, but you can have this one. He's like, no, man, really? I said, yeah, and I, I take it off and I give it to him. And, and I said, I'm sorry it stinks. You know, I've been wearing it since this morning. And he starts immediately taking his shirt off to put it on. And um, there's a picture there of sometimes we get to share our Bethlehem with others and they have to take off something to put it on. Sometimes we've got to take off Bethlehem to give it to somebody else. And it says, he says, trusting Jesus, I like that. And I says, for my life first, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will make your path straight. And so, um, he starts repeating that back to me like he's trying to learn it. And he'd get part of the way, and he's kind of stumbling. I'd, I'd, I'd walk him through, and he'd start all over, and, and get to that point. And, stop. and I, I kept, kept going through it, and then... Uh, and then uh, he put it on it. He was taking his shirt off while he was doing that, and he put it on his shoulder. And I saw, I forgot that verse is on the back of the shirt on a cross. I said, Well, here it is right here. And I hold it, and he reads it. Trust in the Lord. He reads the thing, he goes, That's so good. And I, it's, a, it's a familiar story. Sometimes we'll get around the familiar and we just blow over it. Bethlehem is. It's a familiar story that we can trust Jesus. But I just want to remind us this morning that he is trustworthy, that he is good. 
He, he has a Bethlehem for you. If you have not experienced it, it, it is coming. It is coming. But if you have, don't forget to go back and visit. He's really big on us remembering. Something else that he's really impressed on me this last year is I've been almost, almost daily, I, I sit at his table and have the Lord's Supper. And I want to, he says, he said, this is my body. It was on the night that he was betrayed. After he'd given thanks, he takes the bread and he breaks it. And he says, this is my body, broken for you, for the forgiveness of sins. He says, in the same manner, he took the cup. And after he'd given thanks, he says, this is my blood of the new covenant. It's a superior covenant poured out for you. As often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, remember me. And so I remember. But I remember out of Bethlehem comes a cross. Because the most expensive thing on the planet in the entire universe is sin. And it has to be paid for. And Jesus has paid that price. But I have to appropriate that, that payment for that. But it's not just paid for my sin. It's paid for my healing. God has paid for my destiny. It's paid, it's paid for me to rule and reign with Jesus, to participate with Him. It's good stuff. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So Lord, You're good. You're trustworthy. And I bless You this morning. And Father, would You just let Your Spirit continue to rest here God, that you'd give us eyes to see and ears to hear just how good you are. And God, just a boldness to share that with others. God, whether it's through a cup of coffee, whether it's through coming together and sharing just a common love for your house and what you've put in our hands to steward, that we would steward it so well that people go would ride by and look at that place and go, wow, that's a prepared place. And you, you have prepared a place for us at Bethlehem, and you've prepared for us to take that Bethlehem out to the world so that they could know you and they could trust you and they could know that you are real. <laughs> and you are the way. You are the truth. And you are the life. And no one comes to the Father by you, but by you. It's only by you, Lord. So we just acknowledge that this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.